to that, right? I think understanding who the audience is, right? So in your case, you're an executive, like your time is limited. You don't want to, you know, get, get uh, yanked around and maybe, or, or going to deeper into a conversation where this is like way out of the budget, way, what you thought, you know, what you had even imagined spending. So I think part of the, the, the answer that I recommend re- like crafting to this is, you know, potentially giving a range. So like, hey, you know, our prices range from this amount to this amount. You know, obviously I don't know exactly what it is that you need, but if, if that is not a deal breaker for you, let's get into some of discovery and that can give you a specific price. So that way you're, you're not like evasive. Cause I feel sometimes people, you know, they're like hiding the price when I don't have time to get into it, right? Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad Siemens. Joining Brad on today's episode of Decision Point is Jeff Zelaya. Jeff is the VP of Franchise Development at Height Digital. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. So I think we were sort of talking there before is like, I, I always think of you cause you had the best, um, response and I can't remember what you said, but you did a, just a great job. Uh, when I was looking at Triblio, I get me to back down cause I wanted to, I wanted the, I wanted to know the price and I thought I knew everything about account-based marketing and you got me, you got me talked, you got me Dude, talked. Uh, Maya Angelou has a quote. She says, people forget what you say, but they never forget how you make them feel. So hopefully no, I sure. feel in a, in a way like, man, okay, I believe in Jeff. Okay. He, there's a reason that he's not maybe giving me price right away. Let, let's talk. Let's figure this out together. So I Yeah, you did that. a good, I don't know. Do you remember what your, is, what's your default? Do you have like a default response? Do you remember what you said to me? You, know, you just handled uh, me so well, or you dealt with me so well. Yeah. So for, for pricing, you know, typically, and I, I coach, now I coach agency owners uh, to hand, like on the sales side. So typically when it comes to pricing, you know, the conversation that we have is like, like it's, it's difficult for me to be able to prescribe you something if I don't know the symptoms that you're having or, or be able to dive into your particular situation. So let, then let's talk about that first. And then I'll be, I promise I'll give you specific pricing once I have enough information to be able to, uh, you know, propose, prescribe you something that is specific for your needs. So that's I mean, how do you do that on the, on the, pro, on the product side? So I, like I said, I can't remember what you said to me, I just, you know, I'm a CEO, I'm educated, like around the product. I remember being like, feeling like I knew a lot. And you did just like, I just wanted to get to the number. And you did just such a good job. I don't remember what you said. But I definitely remember when we talked when you, we talked to me, I remember feeling good about you, you get me to back down. So tell me a bit more about when you say feeling good, like what, what feelings. Feeling I, I just remember you handled it really well. Like it was super smooth. It was super smooth. Like it wasn't, uh, you know, when you're dealing with somebody, you know, I, so you're dealing with CEO yeah. you're, or you're dealing with somebody that knows what they want. They know where they're at in the process. Obviously price. I think price can be people fall on two sides of the fence um, in terms of sometimes people go straight to the, to the price other people will bird dog and hide. Yeah. And I just can't remember what you said. I just remember whatever you did has made me think about you all the time because you did so, how I felt. I was like, oh, he did such a good job of getting me to getting me to back down. Yeah. So I think a, a couple of things that go into, I think, uh, crafting a good answer to that. Right. I think understanding who the audience is. Right. So in your case, you're an executive, like your time is limited. You don't want to, you know, get, get uh, 
yanked around and maybe or, or going to deeper into a conversation where this is like way out of the budget, way what you thought, you know, what you had even imagined spending. So I think part of the 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 answer that I recommend re- like crafting to this is you know potentially giving a range. So like, hey, you know, our prices range from this amount to this amount. You know, obviously I don't know exactly what it is that you need, but if if that is not a deal breaker for you, let's get into some of discovery and that can give you a specific price. So that way you're you're not like evasive because I feel sometimes people, you know, they're like hiding the price when I don't have time to get into it. Right. So yeah, and it's hard to know where to fit it at in the, you know, it, uh, price does isn't, you can build a huge value. There's a couple pieces of this, right? You can build a huge value case and justify it, but it's just too much, right? It's just like you, or you got a problem that it, it's itchy, but depending on the price makes a big difference on, whether you scratch it or not, right? Exactly. Like you can just continue to keep if it, you know, it just has everything to do with, you know. So I, yeah, ranges are great. I think it helps people get their mind around whether they can, um, how, how much they want to scratch the itch they're trying to solve. And then one of the questions that I ask at the end, once you give a range, is that going to be a, a problem for you? And and that what that does is like, you know, if usually a CEO or someone that has that budget, look, that's not, that's not a problem. Like they don't want to have problems, right? right? They don't, don't want to say that's a problem. So it typically gives me then permission to continue with the line of discovery or scheduling that next meeting. Yeah. Price can be so, it can be so tricky. I know as somebody that like, I just want to know the, like, I just want to know the, the price, right? I need to understand whether it's something we can afford or not afford. And I think understanding your audience is super important. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's definitely a balance between, and I think you have to be careful. Um, and I always think about this in terms of like, when you buy a car, when you go to the car lot, you've already thought about the story that you're going to tell yourself when you drive that car, right? Um, like you're starting to work yourself in the car seat, right? And and so a lot of times buyers will ascribe their own um, solutions to the product. And that's why it's so important, I think, as a salesperson to make sure you understand where somebody's at and then be able to... Um, describe or talk about the solution in a way that makes sense based on where they're at in their story. That's why you got to ask good questions, right? You got to figure out what story they're telling themselves. Exactly. Right. The, the power of the, of good questions, right. And getting, getting this as a salesperson, being able to articulate that story, like, and you're just, I'm not taking over the story. I'm, I'm supporting your story, right. I'm the guide in your story. I'm, I'm not the protagonist, right. I'm the, I'm the sidekick. So I think yep. salespeople, sometimes they want to be the protagonist. They want to sell based on their own reasons without truly understanding the reason that's already going on in the, in the buyer's mind. Right. No, I think that's super, I think that's super, super important. Um, being able to figure out where people are at. Cause look, we're all telling ourselves a story, right? You just got to figure out which one they're telling themselves or what the story is. Yeah. Um, Cause it helps. The, the initial questions that I use in that process is like, you know, what, what brought you here today? And listening, right? I think that's an important part. Like salespeople, um, the stereotypical salesperson is all about fast talking, but the the uh, really good salespeople today are all about listening, making sure that you're asking questions, good questions that get people to open up, and you're listening to the answers, and then finding ways to then follow up on the details that they're giving you to get even more uh, of a clearer picture of what's going on, what their mindset is at. Do, do you think, so I think, okay, so I had this conversation with Jen Allen, who is uh, chief evangelist over at the Challenge uh, Challenger Sale, 
Uh, they wrote the book, The Challenger. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's my, and I've talked about this several times, I have a natural reflux to getting stuck in the Sandler sales funnel. So like if I get in the funnel and I, I feel like I'm going down, man, my hand goes up and my foot goes out and I like lock my <laughs> elbows, you know, like I'm not going, I'm not going in, I'm not going in the funnel. One of, one of the challenges I think with the uh, Sandler method, which is around questioning, right, is that um, there's a balance between asking good qu- questions and being antagonistic. And if you're, if it, you can always tell, you get a new SDR that comes through the class, they're out on the phones or a new AE and they've been through Sandler and it's a bumpy ride, right? It's like they ask questions that, um, you know, you, 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 questions you got to be careful because you can come off like a cop or you can antagonize somebody by trying to ask questions, I think, that are already answered, like that are obvious, right? Yeah, exactly. um, and so I'm holding, the, I'm holding the nail and I'm holding the hammer and I'm standing in front of a wall. And you come and say, well, you know, why do you want a hammer? And it's like, well, I'm holding the nail, I'm holding the hammer, and I'm standing in front of a hole hole in the wall. What do you think I need a hammer for? So what's the balance in your mind? Like, you you have a very calm demeanor. So, like, I would guess that, like, in general, um, you don't come off as antagonistic. But do you have any pointers or any thoughts around? Of course. So I I typically, I I think of always having a limit to the questions that I could ask. Right. And I always, you know, I'm, I'm used to selling to high level executives and we're busy and, and there's a lot that we want to get into, but I have to be productive with the time that I have. So I don't want to waste their time. Right. So whenever I could get my questions answered through Google, through LinkedIn, through their website, through looking at their uh, investor disclosure, like I'm going to, I'm going to do my research and due diligence and come prepared to the call. So when I'm bringing up information, talking to them, I may be verifying stuff that I've already researched. And what that does, it builds trust. Like, okay, this person is prepared. They know me. So when I get into some of those uh, more detailed questions, they're they're keen to open up because they know this guy's in preparation. He's asking me things that really matter to me. So I think that's part of it, right? Being prepared and not just going, not just ans- like asking questions back to back to back, but throughout it, providing some value, you know, making sure that you're tying in whatever answer they're giving you to something that your company is doing, right? Or uh, being very naturally curious. Yeah, tell me more about that, right? Just a little having that curiosity. And then also prefacing, right? Saying, hey, the reason I'm asking this question is because I wanna make sure that when I get into the demo, I'm gonna show you the parts that are most relevant to you. And that's what I'm gonna focus on, right? So that's the reason I'm asking these questions. Or the reason I'm asking these questions is to be able to then do an ROI analysis so we can figure out if this is actually worth your money and if you're gonna get a good return from this investment. So that I think people need to know the reason that you're asking all these questions as opposed to just kind of getting into the questions. Uh, and then uh, do you think people are naturally curious? Like I think uh, curiosity is a really important part of being a salesperson. I believe so. I think the good salespeople are naturally curious. They, they're interested, right, in what you're saying. And they're not just interested in, in your answers because they're trying to sell you something. They really want to help, right? They, they're curious to know, okay, what, what's happening in your businesses, in, in your business? Because typically I'm dealing with people that are very similar to you. So the more I know about your situation, I, I could then start comparing what you're going through to some other previous conversations I've had, and I could then position myself to be an advisor and help you in those situations. So uh, I think it's very important to have uh, good listening skills and then be able to um, ask in a way where people are, they feel like you're curious and that you're, you're caring. And that's the reason that you're diving into their situation. 
Yeah. No, I think care. I think caring goes a long goes a long way. I mean, just knowing that the person on the other on the other end. So we are I just get our a situation where another sales situation. So we've got a Salesforce rep. The Salesforce rep we had before was awful, very arrogant. Um, um, just I could go on and on about the awful, awful experience. And we got a new a new guy came in. You know, they rotate these guys pretty quick, you know, every six months or so. But we've had a, the same guy for maybe 24 months, done a great job. And he just really cares. I mean, um, you know, I don't if he stays in this position long enough, um, it'll really pay off for him, at least for us. Um, but he's just done a phenomenal job. He cares. His name's Kevin Healy. He does a phenomenal, just a really, really cares. I mean, he just calls, checks in, just trying to make sure he can do anything he can to, to better our business. And I think it's, it's, um, legit. He's not just doing it because, uh, he's set in a class and they told him to care about people. He just really cares. Exactly. I, actually, that's how we, uh, came about and connected again. I was just checking in on you to see how you're doing. Cause I, I actually <laughs> care about my network. Right. And, I think it's important to nurture relationships and not just to be reaching out to them when you need something, when you're trying to sell them something, right? I think part of caring is doing it consistently. It's part of your 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 habit, right? Ch- checking in on people. How are you doing? Not just because I'm trying to tell you about a new product that I'm releasing or because I want to, you know, sell you something, but more importantly, I'm just I'm curious to know how, how the people that I'm connected to, how are they doing? Anything that I can help them with, right? What's what are you going through? And then maybe we could share stories or there's things that you're going to bring up. Oh, okay, great. I could point you to people that can help you with those things or we could collaborate on the project, kind of like what we're doing now. It came through curiosity of, of the people that I'm connected to and wanting to know how they're doing and what they've been up to recently. And naturally, opportunities arise just from you having that vibe. Yeah, which is much much appreciated. Um, so let's let's go back real quick. Tell tell me we we got into it right out of the gates, so we miss <laughs> we miss some of the background. Okay, yes. um, kind of walk me through how you got into sales, why sales, and not uh, you know not not something not something else. Yeah. And um, let's start there. Yeah. So sales and marketing has always been a passion of mine. You know, going back to my my days at FIU, Florida International University. Uh, I was very involved with the AMA over there, and I also entered uh, a sales contest, and I won first place in a national competition, and that was kind of my uh, confidence builder in saying, wow, Jeff, you've got a future in sales. And I also had a great professor there uh, that helped me, kind of encouraged me and say, hey, Jeff, you've got, you've got a skill here. You've got a talent. You know, lean into that. And that was kind of what got me going. So did you know when you went to school, I saw, oh, I saw you got good grades, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, your, on your LinkedIn profile. I don't yeah, know if it, yeah. it. So how'd you get into the sales? Did you come out of college knowing that you wanted to go into sales? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I, I had that in my, I actually, I had different internships during my time in college and I gave, and that's, I think this is important for any people that are going through college, young, young kids, you know, intern and figure out kind of where your passion lies. And I had, I interned for the, the government. I had a, a uh, an internship where I worked for the local government. I actually had an internship in DC that brought me up and I worked for the administration, the, the USDA, doing some marketing stuff there. And I realized that it wasn't for me. I didn't want to go into politics. I didn't want to go into the federal workforce, uh, but I did intern for ADP. And that was one of the internships that showed me how lucrative and rewarding a career in sales could be. And that got me really interested. And I just wanted to find kind of a you know, payroll wasn't really my thing. I, 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 the beauty about sales is that you can apply to industries that you really are passionate about. So for me, I started digging into that some more and I found an opportunity to work at an agency. 
And that was, I interned there. I loved it. Just kind of love the fast paced world, you know, being able to work on different projects, being like channeling my creative energy as well. And having a say in some of these campaigns. Uh, and that got me going. And I, I started at this agency called MediaWiz. And that was my first year at that, in that position, I was able to generate for the company a million dollars in revenue. And I had clients like Netflix, for example, and some universities that I work with, uh, creating different lead generation programs. And that was great. I had a great ride there. got a chance to travel and work on some cool creative campaigns. And then we had a, I actually moved. I was, I was in South Florida at the time. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, my wife got an opportunity to work at the discovery channel. So that brought us to oh. DC, which I, I was very familiar with the area. You know, I wanted to support my wife in this career move. So I, I made the transition to, to DC and I found quickly found an opportunity working for a company called Vocus, which is uh, marketing, uh, marketing and PR software. I forget what was Vocus before it was Vocus. Vocus uh, was known also like as PR web. Yeah. PR web. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so they, they acquired a lot of different companies. Uh, today they're known as Ascision, so they're still around, but I, I joined them through a period of fast growth and learned, kind of got, cut my teeth in, in SaaS sales. And I loved it. It was a really great position, great, cool culture there. Uh, I was there for a good bit, was rookie of the year, got president's club and you know, just kind of made a name for myself. So much so that one of the executives from Vocus left to start a different company, which was Triblio, right? Where we, where you and I connected. Yep. And he reached out to me and said, hey, Jeff, we're about to get some funding. Can you come and help us build out our sales team? So made that jump from a big established company that was publicly traded to then going into uh, a SaaS, you know, a, a, a startup, a SaaS startup with with small group of people. Now, is that space? I got some questions about just the the triply, the space. Would you consider that's like you would consider that an account based marketing space, right? That is account based marketing. Okay. When I started there, we were not ABM was not even the thing, the really, thing. or, or right. the ABM software. So we started off, you know, kind of knowing like, okay, content marketing, social selling. We kind of saw some trends emerging, uh, and part of my my job there as a role was trying to find that product market fit. So I was reaching out just in my network, a lot of marketers. The the executives there, the founders of Trivio were the executives that led Eloqua to being acquired by Oracle. So they had this background in marketing automation. So that, that was kind of our target audience, marketers, B2B marketers. So one of my first initiatives there was actually- Sometimes started- I just make stuff up. Are those dudes from Canada? The Eloqua no, guys? No, no. Oh. Uh, the, well, some, the part of the founding team, yes. But oh, okay, okay. People know they're, but uh, I just- Yeah. Yeah, they, they did travel like to Canada a lot for you know to meet with the rest of the team. Uh, but uh, being there, I got a, like just an amazing opportunity to work directly with these executives that have done this before. You know, I was mentored, and we started just kind of looking at the product market fit. That was the main thing that we needed for this, you know, this company to take off. So how I started kind of investigating that was starting a podcast. So we launched a podcast before podcasting was cool. And it was a B2B marketing podcast. And the sole goal of this was to meet with our target audience, just to kind of dive into some of their challenges, their pain points. And it was a lot easier to schedule these podcasts as opposed to having a sales discovery call because we really didn't have a really a product to yeah. sell them just yet. So it was more for me understanding kind of what they're going through. And I took this information, I fed it to my product team and said, hey, I'm, I'm talking to these uh, marketing executives. Here are their pain points. Here are their goals. Here's what they're trying to accomplish. Here's where they're succeeding. And as we got that information and, and just in general in the industry, we, it's this ABM thing started to emerge and we started seeing opportunity there. And we started developing a product that helped these marketers 
with the uh, the challenge of, of targeting accounts as opposed to targeting people. And we developed that technology. Is this been is has the ABM space been really affected by all the legislation changes with the cookies? Absolutely. So there's been a lot of impact, uh, you know, because of different laws that are being passed, and um, you know, in Europe, you know, there's been some legislation that's affected some of these uh, programs. But it's still going strong, and there's still like workarounds, and there's loopholes, and there's different ways to to kind of overcome some of the stuff that's being passed around. And even the stuff that's being passed around, it's not there's it's not always monitored and looked after, right? In a way that people are like, okay, we can't we can't do that anymore. So right. there's, you know, a lot of different ways around it, basically. Uh, but it hasn't stopped it. You know, it may have slowed it down, but it's still it's still going strong. Yeah, no, I was just I was just been su- I've been super curious, just like the you know, um, Bombora seemed like it was yeah. on a hot rise. I haven't really heard you know, it, it seems like it's cooled down. Um, so just curious kind of how that, what, what's going on, the, what's going on in the market. So, so you've been at these product companies and then at some point here, you, you shift to get the hype digital, right? Yeah, exactly. So I made a transition to hype digital right around COVID, right? A lot of people, you know, made some changes around COVID. You know, I, I actually had left Triblio. We, we got, we had an exit there. So I was in okay. an amazing, you know, ride for me, like to be able to have one of my first startups, you know, be able to exit from it. And I started just doing some some consulting, working for some cybersecurity companies, doing uh, consulting around marketing and sales and building up their teams. I had just joined uh, the cybersecurity company around the time that COVID hit. And that same week that I started was a lockdown. And you know what happened? A lot of people started, you know, making, they started looking at the numbers, making cuts. And I was one of those cuts. And that same week, Brad, you know, no lie, uh, this, the CEO, the CEO of, of uh, High Digital, reached out to me via a DM on Instagram, saying, "Hey, I got this crazy idea to franchise my marketing agency. Can you come help me build this out?" Now, did you like, know this guy? I knew this guy because he was a, okay. a he was just like you. He okay. was a prospect of mine at Vocus. Okay. So I know, and then we, he never bought for me, just like you. You never, right. never bought for me. But what happened? Bought, but we're, uh, I, I made you feel a certain way, right? You you got a chance to see my like just who I was, and we stayed in touch throughout some time. So I think that's a real. I think that's important. Whether you sell the product or not is not a reflection of you as a as a salesperson. I'm not you know like you didn't sell, but that had nothing to do. You not closing the deal had little to nothing to do with your ability to sell. It just had to do with timing and use case, right? Yeah. Exactly. And for me, it's, it's more about closing deals. It's more about opening relationships because you never know when that relationship could lead to. Right. Yeah. And if it's not a good opportunity and obviously there's a fit, there's budget, whatever, we, we meet all the other, check all the other boxes. Great. You know, I'm going to have a deal there. But even that when I close a deal, that relationship is still maintained. It's still open. It's still nurtured. And this is a, kind of what happened with this guy. Right. We had met. He had this is before he even started this agency. He was a, a serial entrepreneur and he just, we had a great connection, great vibe. He remembered me and we stayed in touch through social media. Eventually he opened up this white label agency, started doing white labeling for a bunch of agencies across the US. And he got to a point, man, is, this is really taking off, but I want a franchise. I think that's a, a, a quicker way to grow. So he, he brought me in and he knew kind of uh, my story, what I was all about. And we started this franchising journey 18 months ago with uh, no locations, kind of got all the legal, make it made it legal, right? Got all the documentation to be able to do this franchising. And now we're, we're at 22 locations across the country. So I'm about to head over uh, to Nicaragua, which is, that's where our headquarters is at. That's where we do the fulfillment. 
I'll be down there uh, the end of April, and we're going to onboard two more franchisees. So it's been exciting growth. Just this past quarter, we generated $1.6 million in revenue. And these are agency owners that are selling SEO services, PPC. They're selling websites. But the beauty about being a franchise at Height is that they don't have to worry about actually fulfilling that project. The Height digital team in Nicaragua is doing it, and they're they're just they're just in charge of prospecting and pitching it and working and maintaining that relationship, but they no longer have to get into the weeds of actually doing gotcha. it. Gotcha. So, so talk to me about like, how's the, the business model work? Like how's the franchise work? So I'm a franchise. So talk kind of about from a franchisee's perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm interested. Mm-hmm. So a typical franchise uh, model, right? You're going to pay a franchise fee to be part of that franchise. You're going to pay like a marketing fee. So this goes into uh, a fund that is then used to promote and build that, that brand that you're a part of. And then you pay royalties. So that's a typical franchise model across the board, right? All, most of the franchisees, they, franchisors are doing that same exact thing. So with, with height, all right, the, our process is like our target audience are, are usually agents, existing agency owners. So people that have started their agency, but they're struggling in scaling it because they're running into problems that are very common with agency owners where they're maybe hiring people is becoming problematic. Or actually, they don't want to be in the weeds of actually managing this PPC campaign day in and day out. They, want, they don't want to do that. And they're kind of struggling to be able to do that while selling, while maintaining their marketing and doing those things, right? So those are the people that we really appeal to. And we tell them about our basically the, the, uh, the, the opportunity, right? Which is come with Height. You'll be part of the Height family. Uh, we'll give you all the resources. So you're going to get sales coaching. We're going to do some marketing. We're going to do marketing for you. We're going to give you all the fulfillment uh, team. You're going to have now a huge team of 140 people that we have in our in our headquarters. This all now, you know, will be part of you. And all you got to do is go out there and and sell and maintain your relationships and work the accounts. So that's the the setup, and it's been working really well. We've got you know agency owners that have come on board. They they were struggling to crack a certain milestone. Now they're a part of the Hype family. They've doubled. In some cases, they've tripled their book of business because they don't have to worry now about the being day in and day out in these campaigns. And now they have also the combined data of all these agency owners, right? Our team is handling all these different campaigns so we could combine those best practices. We have the data on what, what we should be bidding for those keywords. We have a team that specialize in those SEO best practices and is keeping up to date on that as opposed to you as a business owner having to do that digging and research right so it helps every the team is very specialized and before because of that are getting better results than they would are doing it by themselves yeah no i think that you know the challenge with any I, what the challenge with any agency is that you get into a peanut butter staffing situation so whether you sell marketing you sell development or you sell lead generation you're only as good as your people in your bench and so you end up taking your best people and putting them on the best projects. And so it's hard to get the scale. And so it sounds like you guys kind of solve that problem by the constant hiring and training underneath the covers to make sure that these franchisees have the bench they need to fulfill the work. Yeah. yeah. And, and being an entrepreneur is a lonely, lonely road, right? But no longer is that the case for our agency owners because now they have a network of other agency owners that they're also bouncing ideas off, getting support from each other. Is it all territory based? How do, you, how do you, okay. So each franchise is based in the city, right? So we have right now we're, we're opening up 
one up in New York. It's High Digital Millbrook. We're opening up another one in Atlanta, in Georgia. We have uh, Athens and we have Atlanta. And you have a city, but you, you're not limited to just working accounts in that city. If you have free reign to work any account, as long as it's your lead, right? We put it into our CRM and that belongs to you. So you're not limited to a certain territory, but you're just branded for that city. And we support like uh, different marketing as, uh, endeavors that help you become established as an established authority in that city. So we get okay. into the Chamber of Commerce, we get speaking engagements locally. We do local ad campaigns that help you kind of promote your business there locally, but you're not limited just to that area. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. No, I, when I, when I came across that you guys were franchising um, the marketing agency, it just seemed like a really great idea. Like it solves one of the biggest problems for an agency owner, which is getting to scale. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm not surprised by that because actually I've talking to, you know, a lot of people in the marketing world and they're, they're just like you, they're very, um uh, interested and wow like and curious and like man that, that makes a lot of sense so you know we're getting a lot of that great feedback right now our goal is to continue to uh you know we're not even promoting it really franchising as opposed to just organic and we have a lot of people that are interested in in being part of the franchise uh, family and our job is really just to screen them out so another component of our agency and you know, we talked a lot about business but for us it's not just about business so hype digital is really focused on making an impact in the country of nicaragua this is a third world country, very limited opportunities. Uh, and we're bringing really high paying jobs in that area. We're bringing a culture of empowering employees, and empowering team members. Uh, we have a, a culture of women empowerment. So we're putting in our, in our company, women, there's a, most of the, the managers are actually women and we're empowering women to be business owners. So there's this just interesting social aspect of what we're doing with the company. And then our company is also faith-based. So I know that's something I kind of, it's weird sometimes to hear that, but think about Chick-fil-A, right? You know, they, they close on Sundays. That's just part of their culture. So we're kind of, you know, replicating some of that stuff within our culture. Like, so some of the things that we do is we pray together. We have a, a session, a coaching session, and you have access to leadership coaches at, at height and that are helping you, not just in your business, but becoming a better person, a better husband, a better uh, spouse, a better father or a better mother, right? So there's resources internally. You know, we have actually on our staff a full-time pastor that we hire. So if you ever need like emotional guidance and you need someone, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with my mental health, you could book a meeting with them and they'll be, and again, that's part of our, our benefits. Now, do you guys use like Chaplain, uh, like Chaplains USA or do you out, is that somebody that you just hire direct or is that through, through like a chaplain's placement? No, no, we have a full-time. So someone that we hired uh, that is actually has also uh, a heart for Nicaragua and this uh, man, his name is Terry, Pastor Terry. He, he's been doing missionary work uh, for a long time into the country of Nicaragua. And we just decided, hey, you know, he's, he's retired. He's like looking for kind of a ne- another opportunity, something new to be able to use his gifts to help people. And we were we just kind of got connected. He got connected with our CEO and we created this opportunity now for him to be part of full-time, a part of the high team. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, so I lived in Wake Forest for a while and there's a... Um, I think it's called Chaplains International. And so they just place chaplains all across the country in company. Just, just, you know, that's why I was curious whether that was somebody that you guys just do or whether um, you'd used an agency, I guess you'd refer to as an agency, but um, awesome. Well, this is great, Jeff. This was a great conversation. Is there anything that I, that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Well, you know, I want to also, um, 
you know, just share a little bit about, um, you know, what we're doing this year. So one of the big things that we're, we're going to be doing, you know, are, are kind of the, the main thing on my radar right now is promoting the commitment summit. So we took a, a very big leap of faith, right? We're still, you know, growing, but we're, we're reinvesting every dollar that we make into our people and into continuing to grow the company. So we had this crazy idea uh, last year to like, let's do our own conference. And this conference is called the Commitment Summit. So it's something very new. This is actually, it's targeted for agency owners. We've uh, rented out a resort in Costa Rica. It's called Dreams Resort. It's going to be an all-inclusive conference. So once you get there, right, we, we cover all your drinks, all your food. You've got a, a room. And it's a family conference, which is also very, very unique, right? But it, it aligns with the culture of our company, which is very family-focused. So at this conference, we're going to have a, a speakers like Damon John, who's one of the, the sharks. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Kevin Herrington also is going to be there. Jesse Itzler. And we got some just an amazing lineup of people. Oh, you got the whole did you uh, you got the whole crew. So yeah. how'd you get Je- uh, Jesse? Have you read his book? Yeah, dude, I, I mean, this guy's amazing. I love I love Jesse, man. He's just I got so much energy and just uh, an incredible person. He's got a, quite a resume. His uh, his his book's pretty fun. Well, I guess he's got a couple of them, but the, Which one, the, the one where the Marines, the Marine is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was like the funniest book I'd ever read, but I let my wife listen to it. She she didn't think it was very funny, but I don't think she had to say it. <laughs> yeah, so this, these guys are crazy, and they're doing some awesome stuff. So he's going to be sharing his story, quite inspirational. If you've never heard Jesse, you got to hear him uh, in person. And so we're, I'm excited. I'm going to be emceeing the event. Uh, we've got it's a three day event, so we're you know we're flying out of these people uh, agency. We got about 200 tickets already sold for the event. We're aiming to have at least 50 to 100 more sold within the next two months so that's kind of the, the big push what, the, what are the dates uh august 8th 9th and 10th all right cool that's awesome man that's that sounds like a lot of it sounds like a lot of fun now is it it's primarily around agency growth then now yeah. it's, is, is it specific it's not specific to the height family though right no it's open to everyone so the, yep. the target audience for this is agency owners or agency executives and all the all the different topics are going to be around you know growing your agency, around uh, agency scaling, uh, t- tactics and strategies. So there's a ton of uh, inspirational business topics, and we're also some of the the topics are also family related. So again, very different type of conference. That our goal is to invest in agency owners and their business, but also as people. So some of the the tracks that we have are family oriented and. So there's going to be like a te- family team building activities that we're going to be doing. Uh, there's uh, like an, a little Olympics that we're going to ha- gather. We're going to have some pool parties as well and beach parties. Um, so, yeah, man, we're so excited about it. It's going to be a, a, an amazing time and it's, it's a big leap of faith of us. So we're working really hard on promoting it, marketing it, and we want to continue to have this tradition of doing the Commitment Summit. So we're excited about that. That's that's awesome. Well, Jeff, um, we'll, we'll plug on your end. If uh, I'll let talk to you offline. Uh, this was great. Thanks so much for coming on. Had an awesome time. Love catching up. Yeah, thank you, Brad. This has been great, man. I appreciate you, man. Great, great being a guest on your show. Hey, thank you so much for coming. It's awesome. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, uh, if you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you can get last season's Uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do 
interfere with what you can. Until next time.